Okay, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview for PGA Championship Week. My name is Will Doctor alongside James Ledbetter. Nice to have you aboard as we give you the latest in PGA Tour handicapping as far as the second major championship of the year is concerned at Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma. As for the Byron Nelson led, I got to take some ownership. I told you last week there's absolutely no chance that KH Lee was going back to back at the Byron. What does he do? Puts a big sock in my mouth, posting 26 under with a final round 63. Led, how are you today? Your thoughts on a little review on the Byron Nelson. Yeah, um, you know, we saw some, who was it? Tron Carter on Twitter, who was kind of ripping the golf course for the fact that, you know, you felt like you were shooting 65 and uh, losing strokes to the field kind of thing in terms of it playing too easy. But um, in terms of the leaderboard, pretty exciting down the stretch there to have, you know, guys like Xander, guys like JT and Jordan, um, obviously KH Lee getting it done there. Man, I thought Jordan, that second shot, he hit the 18th. Uh, just landed so soft, was so close to, you know, going to a couple feet there. But yeah, Doc, another guy we were fading because the number was Jordan Speed. He almost had, you know, he needed a, a pair of socks to put our mouth for this week, just in terms of the fact that, um, you know, coming off the win at Harbor Town, we didn't see much value there. But man, Jordan really is uh, playing some of the best golf in the world right now. Um, in terms of from a betting standpoint, I had JT over Scotty Scheffler at plus 110. We like that just because of the fact that, um, you know, just don't think JT, whose irons has been, have been, you know, elite, should be, uh, you know, uh, disfavored, I guess, to a guy like Scotty Scheffler. So we hit that. And then I was also to ca- able to cash uh, Tom Hoagie top 20 at plus 350 to help me kind of break even for the week. But other than that, not too exciting. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, not not my uh, not my best week last week. We we hit the JT top five ticket uh, and the Seb Munoz top forty ticket. He was in contention uh, for pretty much the good majority of last week. Um, other than that, you know, in need of a big re- rebound week at the PGA. I will say, you know, talking about the course, uh, Craig Ranch. A lot of people had their thoughts. Um, on how Craig Ranch represented Byron Nelson from a venue identity perspective. And I think the ultimate answer to that is no. I mean, I love the Byron Nelson. It's um, obviously raised more charitable money than any other PGA Tour event. But the fact that we have to watch the event uh, named after the man who became the first PGA Tour pro to 50 wins uh, at a golf course with zero identity for the next four years is absolutely brutal and a complete disgrace to what Dallas Fort Worth, the Metroplex has to offer. And doc, I don't know much about the area, but it looked like it was, that course is like dropped in the center of like condos. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's about 50 miles North of Dallas. It's in between DFW. It's not the easiest commute for fans. And, um, you know, I, I understand the infrastructure of other golf courses in Dallas, not having, enough room to host a PGA tour event, but you, you got to find something better than that. I know if, it's, if they, I know it's out it, there. Bring it to D Nash. Come on. If they can host a PGA, a WGC, a concession, they can host uh, you know, <laughs> a, uh, you know, uh, sorry, an AT&T somewhere else. I feel like, but yeah, it's like locked into a four-year contract now. Right. So it's pretty much um, 
what we're getting. Yeah. And, and that said, look, at the end of the day, you mentioned this Spieth, Scheffler, Matsuyama, Justin Thomas were all in, in contention going into the weekend. And I think ultimately that matters more to the average Joe than how the golf course presents itself. So it's a good event all in all, as far as the competition was concerned, it was solid. Yeah. They, I mean, they had the field show up uh, in terms of my week as well. It was pretty light given the fact that we had a Brooks Kepka withdraw. We yeah. had a CT pan withdraw last minute. And doc, we've talked about this before in the past. It'd be nice if we could get some, you know, questionable or doubtful indicators next to players names. Cause it's just really hard to throw guys in these lineups when you don't really know what they're dealing with. It's nice to know that, okay, Baker's dealing with a shoulder. So he might be a little bit of a risk to play in a fantasy, uh, you know, in a fantasy week or whatever, but it'll be interesting as the golf betting community grows, if they'll be able to you know, give us a little bit more detailed uh, information on just what these guys are dealing with on a week to week basis. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you see in other sports, they have Roto world, you know, the, the up-to-date injury day-to-day, a uh, couple reasons the PGO doesn't have that. They're not obligated to disclose any injuries and they're not obligated to, to disclose uh, suspensions, which definitely needs to change. I, I had the the Kepka over Bubba Watson matchup last week and uh, what Bubba or Brooks withdrew late Wednesday, Thursday morning. It's just. Yeah. And the thing is, too, the thing is, too, with uh, like a guy like Brooks is. You know, realistically, if he had to play that tournament, he's probably playing in it. We don't even really know if it's an injury situation, right? This could be full-blown Ben Simmons for all we know and just trying to get ready for the PGA next week, right? I guess he's, uh, you know, sticking with the only caring about the majors. But, yeah, without further ado, let's get into, you know, the field and course prep and stuff like that. We are heading to Southern Hills for the 104th PGA Championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Doc, this is probably one of the few... Uh, major championship venues that we've both actually been able to play, which I think um, is going to be, you know, a nice little asset heading in, just given the fact I played it before the, uh, the redesign, I think it was like 2014 or something like that. And you played it post. So, you know, we'll be able to kind of fling some thoughts back and forth on that, but yeah, it's a major, everyone's playing well, except for Phil. Uh, He will be the first champion to not defend since Tiger Woods in 2008 I don't remember if that was an injury thing or if that was the whole fire hydrant Perkins scandal that led to that. But yeah, both guys not being able to defend their uh, PGA wins for, um, you know, some <laughs> suspect reasons. Um, speaking of Tiger Woods, he is playing this week. I think the goal again is to get through 72 holes. Hopefully the hyperbaric chamber is charged up and ready to roll. Uh Doc, I saw him walking during some practice rounds this week. It did not look great. Definitely looked a little wobbly. Um, but the swing did look, you know, pretty good. The club was out in front of him. He was hitting the, the baby fade off most of those tee boxes. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, we it's tough to know. Obviously, uh, Tiger's only played uh, the Masters so far this year, so we don't know exactly where his game's at. But as long as his body holds up, there's no reason why he couldn't have a, a solid week. Just, you know, obviously given the fact that he uh, won on this golf course the last time they played here. Yeah. I've watched, uh, you know, most of his, his media obligations today and um, in Tiger fashion, you know, he says the goal this week is to win. I'm with you that, you know, he has, 
in the videos we've seen, he's looked a little suspect. Um, you know, we're now, you know, what, 16 months out of the car accident. He played at the Masters, made the cut, but we saw on Saturday and Sunday he was limping to the finish line. Um, you know, I, I thought he made a couple interesting comments about the course. Um, for the most part, we've heard, uh, obviously, in the Gil Hands redo, uh gill took one of the major things he did he didn't he didn't mess with the course that much but he took the rough out around the greens um it, you know it's really just uh fairway around the greens but as far as the rough is concerned for the fairways tiger mentioned how um interesting that aspect of southern hills w- was because it, it's a big bomb and gouge course really but there is that rough does pr- provide some unpredictability as far as, you know, it's short, but the way the ball is coming out of there, you really don't want to be there with the short green, with the small greens led. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. We aren't going to be seeing any of those videos where guys like drop a ball in the rough right. and they can't find it, you know, yard, but um, definitely going to be really inconsistent shots out of there. So Southern Hills is a 7,546 yard par 70. It does sound really long um, at that distance with that par, but it's mostly based on the fact that it has two, 600 yard plus par fives that eat up most of that distance. Um, both of those par fives are pretty much three shutters for most of the field. So it's not exactly going to be, you know, an Augusta type scenario where bombers are going to be dominating the par fives and going, you know, 10, 12 under and really having that advantage over some of those shorter guys. Obviously it doesn't hurt for bombers to be hitting eight irons where other guys are hitting four irons into the long par fours. But um, yeah, that's just certainly something to take into account. Uh, the course was designed by Perry Maxwell in 1936. Doc, like you said, was recently restored in 2019 by Gill. Um, I played this golf course in 2015 before the redesign. It really did kind of remind me of Augusta National with those kind of rolling hills. Um, you see those same kind of creeks that wind through 12 and 13 at Augusta all over the golf course. Um, I also remember it being pretty claustrophobic off the tee, but from what I've seen and read, they took out a bunch of the trees when they restored the golf course. Yeah. And they, uh, Gil sharpened up the fairways in a sense to give it a little more space. Yeah. took out the trees. Um, I played it right before the pandemic and, um, obviously the course was as far as conditions was set up much more differently as it was, it was just a college event, but lad, I, I listened to, um, a pod where Russ Myers, the superintendent, was talking, and he said it's going to be the slowest green speeds in, in uh, for a major in 2022. It's small greens, lots of undulation, so they can't speed them up that much. Uh, like I said, rough around the greens, not a factor. And, you know, the course, you know, for Oklahoma is going to remain pretty soft. You know, that's something we didn't see um, in 2007 because it was played in August, much different time of the year in Oklahoma, but according to Russ Myers, the superintendent going to play particularly soft this week for a PGA championship. Yeah. I think just given the fact that the course has those small greens and they're so slow, you can only get the green so fast, right? Um, If uh, you know, if you don't hit your spot you will definitely see guys, you know, if you miss your target by 15 feet, you may end up 30 yards from your intended target. Just given the fact that they do have those shaved banks, um, with those shade banks around the greens, it'll offer the ability to get really creative. You can hit those, you know, high nippers. You can bump them into the bank or even put it in some circumstances. Uh, we'll have to keep a close eye on the weather because it's going to be huge for how this course ends up playing. 
you know, we are expecting some high winds, Duck, so that will, you know, you'd think lean into the greens firming up certainly on the weekend. If and, it and led just a just a, a quick bit about that, you know, uh, despite what I said about the course staying soft, Tiger also mentioned what you just said with the weather changing every day. You know, it, it could firm up in a matter of you know fifteen to twenty four hours, really. For sure, and you know the the fairways are pretty forgiving for major. That's what we've heard. Upwards of forty yards wide on most holes, but if you do miss, you're going to you're going to have issues. Not from the standpoint that uh, you're going to be chipping out sideways like a normal U.S. Open, but dog, like you said, it's going to be pretty much wheel of fortune in terms of uh, you know trying to figure out how this thing's going to come out. Is it going to come out 20 yards short or you catch a flyer and you're going, you know, you're going over back of a shaved bank green. That's a, that's pretty much auto double in, in some spots. There are definitely some uh, probably sell dead zones, but also dead zones in the sense that if you, if you miss short side out here, you're going to have a very tough time. Um, there are well-placed bunkers off the tee since they've updated. It's not like, uh, the, the course obviously isn't obsolete in the sense that they have these like 260 bunkers that aren't in play. Like these bunkers are well-placed given the fact that they redesigned it so, so recently. Um, controlling spin is going to be huge. Good luck uh, doing that if you aren't in the fairway. So even though the fairways are wide, you, you do need to be hitting them. Uh, things we'll look at is, you know, guys gaining strokes off the tee, but guys also gaining strokes because of uh, – you know, because of accuracy rather than just distance alone. I don't think Matthew Wolf being 370 uh, up in the trees is going to be uh, doing any good, especially, um, you know, you have a lot of, uh, you know, bunkers guarding these greens and a lot of, you know, even streams and stuff in circumstances. Yeah, as far as what I'm looking for this week at, at Southern Hills, you know, it's accurate deep drives of the golf ball, players that are sharp around the greens, you know, someone like, Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler are two gamers that come to mind when thinking about players that are extremely good and creative around the greens. But, you know, same same conversation we had about Hovland and Rom at the Masters is going to come into play again this week. You know, they have not proven this year um, that they can get up and down on command. And those are the players I think you're going to have to be careful with this week, even with a Rory, uh, who I like this week. There, there's question marks with him about how sharp he can be with the wedges and around the greens at a place like this. Yeah. A guy like Hovland better hit 17 greens around. If he wants to contend this week, given the way he has chipped the ball, given the conditions, right. If we're going to have small sloped greens and potentially high winds on the weekend, even a great ball striking round could be hitting 12 to 13 greens. So if you're getting up and down one out of five times, you're not exactly giving yourself a chance to, to really shoot a number. And I also want someone that can play in a variety of conditions. Just like Tiger said, this course could change every day, whether they get a little bit of rain earlier in the week or it dries out because of high temperatures. Guys like Shane Lowry or Colin Morikawa, you know, it's, um, you know, versatile guys that can play in a variety of conditions um, is extremely important this week. For sure. And, you know, just talking about the wind, it's pretty much going to be 20 miles an hour plus throughout the week. So, Doc, in terms of a soft golf course, I think that uh, narrative will change pretty quickly, especially as as the week goes on. But, you know, without further ado, I, I think we might as well get into those favorites, starting off with John Rahm at 12 to 1. 
There is absolutely no value in betting John Rahm at 12 to 1 coming off a win at the Mexican Open. Yes, his stats are great. He's first off the tee. He's ninth approach in his last 50 rounds relative to the field. Um, putting wise, he's losing strokes on the green in five of his last six. Uh, he did get, uh, pick up a couple strokes at the Mexican Open. You know, that's part of the reason why he won, why he won. But, um, you know, looking at the stats, statistically he's a tough guy to pass on but a 12 to 1 i think it's pretty pretty easy to do i just see more value a little uh later on i'm off rom this week as well i you know I, I can't pull the trigger on him with the short game numbers he's displayed this year i mean he obviously his last start came at the mexican open and a win uh but the greens presented at southern hills are you know have miles more undulation slope false fronts than uh, Vallarta, of course, did. So I'm off him this week. Uh, Rom 12 to 1, nothing for me. Um, on to our next favorite, Scotty Scheffler at 12 to 1. You know, he continued his incredible play with a T15 finish at the Byron Nelson while having uh, his worst week on the green since the 2021 Tour Championship. But T15 is a finishing position that I don't think many pros are going to complain about. Uh, takes home 161 grand and it's on to Tulsa. Vlad, you said that he was on property at Southern Hills last week before the Byron shot a 64. Is that correct? 64 in a practice round, everyone is freaking out about, but let's be realistic. Uh, probably not the same golf course, obviously the same golf course, but the you know, they have to be careful with the golf course, right? Um, at no point, obviously, I don't think it would have been anywhere near same conditions, whether it's, you know, green speeds or even uh, firmness, right? Because the one thing that the guys setting up the golf course, whether it be it, this week, it's the PGA of America versus the PGA Tour, making that distinction for the people that need to know that. Uh, but also given the fact that um, the the one thing they have to be careful of, especially when they're expecting those high winds and, if it, you know, if, it, if the temperatures uh, end up getting pretty hot out there is just the fact that they can't like lose the golf course. I'm doing the air quotations, right? Um, most times they're going to, the weeks leading in, they're going to keep it pretty watered, keep it pretty soft. Just so once it gets to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they can really start ramping up the condition of the golf course. So yes, he shot 64 uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I don't think that is going to have much indication, you know, just given the fact that a lot of people are like, Oh, well, you know, I think he gained a lot of confidence from, <laughs> from that round. Yeah. It, it doesn't hurt to shoot 64, but you know, the game of golf, it's like you could shoot 81 in the practice round the day before the event starts and end up finishing tied fit. There's not much correlation to really look at between practice rounds and the actual event. So I'm not going to overreact to one. I think he's gaining more confidence off four wins rather than uh, just a little, a little good practice. round. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, from the perspective of betting Scotty this week, the time to buy uh, a Scotty winning ticket for this week has expired, um, yeah. you know, big time. That being said, you know, if you have to get something in on Scotty this week, obviously he's on some kind of run Four events. He's won since the Super Bowl. I understand regression has to come at some point. I don't see that being, you know, any time in the near future. So you know, Scheffler top 20, 120 uh, plus 125 will 100% be on my card. You know, this is a course that it fits him extremely well. Um, I have, you know, some future tickets on him. Hopefully, you know, next year uh, before the season starts, we'll give you a little bit of a, 
of a futures pod. Uh, but as far as 12 to one on Scotty, you know, you can't take that. The value is completely gone. If you have to have something on him, it's top 20 at plus 125. Yeah, Doc. Uh, I'll talk about this later, but yeah, the way Scotty Sheff was playing, I think he finished 15th last week. That's an off week for him. Yeah, uh, he, he had his C game. He put it awful last week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe the putter um, starts going the right direction this week, but at 12 to 1, it's tough, right? There's there's too many, uh, you know, this isn't the Mexican Open. This no. is the PGA. We got everybody playing this week, so he's going to have to beat a lot of studs uh, at 12 to 1. No thanks. Moving into our next guy, Rory McIlroy at 15 to 1. Doc, when is the last time Rory won a major? No idea, lad. Feels like it's... Uh... It, it was it was Nam the last time that he won a major, 2014, right? So we're looking at eight years ago times. For, I mean, it's been right. He's played in almost 30 majors, I guess, right? And hasn't. Uh, I was 14 been, the last time uh, Roy won a major. Huh? I was 14 years old the last time Roy won a major. But <laughs> I mean, that's absolutely crazy to me, especially given the fact that he hasn't really dealt with many injuries right it's no, yeah. you know we, we we know some of these guys whether it be like a jason day or whatever who's you know he might have only played 10 or 12 majors since 2014 yeah. or whatever right like some of these guys that um kind of fall off the face of the earth but rory realistically has been a top kind of 10 guy for those eight years and just somehow it's crazy to me is it that is this his year well he's certainly in form uh rory's last two starts are second at the masters and a fifth place finish at quail hollow to say the putter has been streaky would be an understatement seems like every week he is either gaining or losing three strokes on the greens brad faxon uh was out on the greens with him this week at southern hills he's kind of two-timing it this week he's also doing some golf channel stuff i saw he's actually my godfather so i can't rip him too much but uh he was out on the greens with rory at southern hills uh the past couple days making sure the stroke is dialed in Doc, as we know with Rory, the ball striking is always there. It kind of always comes down to the putter. If the putter gets hot, for sure, he can win any week. But, uh, you know, so much of this golf tournament, especially if the wind gets up, if it plays firm, is going to be kind of converting those birdie chances, you know, the few that you may have throughout the round or realistic ones, and also kind of being able to make those seven-footers for par. Uh, Rory, over the last couple of years, and, geez, I guess you'd say several years, given the fact it's been so long since his last major hasn't really shown. He can consistently kind of hold those six, seven, eight footers for par, uh, especially down the stretch here. I think the way he's playing, right. He should kind of for sure make the weekend and be beaten there on Sunday, but man, uh, of, of the guys in this event, if you gave me an eight footer to win this tournament, I'm taking a Cam Smith that, uh, over or a Jordan Spieth over a Rory. Uh, just I don't know. The putter's kind of dicey. The putter's dicey, and and when he's in that seventy-five, uh, sixty-five to ninety-yard range, which he's gonna, they're gonna face a ton uh, at Southern Hills, and with how soft that it's gonna be, of course, uh, that could change with the weather. But, you know, you see Rory have trouble controlling the spin from that sixty-five to ninety-yard distance. Uh, doesn't play that, you know, that nice draw with the wedges that he used to is always holding everything off with a lot of spin. Uh, you know, if there's a venue, you know, that, that suits his game the best since his last major at, at Valhalla, this, this could certainly be it, but 
I'm with you, lads. You know, there's, there's consistency issues there uh, with, with Rory and um, especially at 15 to one hasn't won a major since I was 14 years old. Um, I'm going to have to pass on, on Rory this week. On to our next favorite, uh, Jordan Spieth at 16 to one. I actually have this at 22 to one on points bet. Uh, and, and what is there not to like about Jordan Spieth this week? He finally uh, got it together as far as the putting was concerned, picked up shots on the greens for the first time since the Genesis back in late February. So you combine the sense that he found something on the greens with the fact that he uh, is ranked inside the top 10 in driving and approach over his last three tournaments makes him an extremely, extremely solid option this week. Second place at last week's Byron just missed a playoff with cage lead by a shot. We we're fortunate. He didn't win this. Uh, he didn't win last week because the ticket would have been a lot more pricey. Uh, Spieth at 22 to one on points, bet definitely going to be on the card. Uh, all signs point to him continue to trend in the right direction. Uh, despite that God awful pre-shot takeaway rehearsal. Uh, but it's working. Um, you know, he, he's proven that over the last couple months here. Um, and I think he's had enough of the other Dallas guy, Scotty Scheffler getting all the love. You know, I think he's been a little bit rattled about that, to be honest. And, and uh, I think right now is the time to, to jump back on the speed train, lad. Yeah. And just given the fact that uh, Jordan's looking for the career grand slam, yeah. right? So I'd say strokes gained hunger. Uh, <laughs> gotta be higher than anybody, uh, this week. Yeah. But, um, doc, I think 22 to one, uh, pretty good number for him. Just given the fact of how well he's played, uh, you know, obviously if you could have got a speed ticket potentially before that Harbor town win, right. You probably would have been able to get him at a, at a much better number, but I still think that's decent given the fact that he's had one, but one guy beat him in his last two starts. That's the only thing that kind of concerns me is just for him to win this week. He would pretty much have to beat, uh, I don't know the, you know, 450 guy, 450 out of 451 guys over a three week span, which is just tough to do uh, given how, uh, you know, deep the tour is nowadays, but, you know, moving into our next guy, Justin Thomas at 16 to one, seven top tens in his last 10 starts. Four of those are top fives. No wins, though. Uh, Doc, I think we have to start calling him JT3 for all those third-place finishes until he wins again. Uh, could certainly be this week. You know, it reminds me of Rom in the sense that if he keeps knocking on the door, it should open soon. But this is not the, uh, you know, Corn Ferry Mexican Open. This is a, a major. In his last 10 events, he's picking up strokes in every category. Doc, here's a guy I'd really like to play, you know, potentially in some matchups or in a pick-to-place if we can find him at the right number. Yeah. Uh, JT, I, I think he's going to be right there on Sunday. Ultimately you would hope that the putter doesn't, you know, cost him again. Uh, you know, it's, it's he's a guy, he's a guy just like Rory. Right? Yeah. It's like 12 footer on the 16th hole of a tournament that matters. You know, he's hitting hole, but you don't, know if it's going in no you don't (laughs) you don't that's exactly how i feel about him so i will have uh we'll get to it later on in the picks to place uh and and a little bit in the dark horse section i'll have a little something on jt this week um and i think it's tough not to take a chance on him to win just like led said he keeps knocking on the door you know tournament after tournament he puts himself in contention 
Um, will it happen? His irons are incredible right now. It's just, you know, it all really comes down to the putter. Uh, yeah. If it does get windy, you got those small greens. Just the fact that, you know, you know, we saw him do it at the players uh, a couple years ago, but when he won, but I mean, he's one of the best on tour and ability to kind of shape it both ways. Um, it's a decent amount of those kind of right to left dog leggies kind of shots where he's going to be able to, uh, you know, kind of hit those um, loopy draws out there or be able to hold, you know, just the fact that you can work it both ways if you're expecting high winds is enormous for the fact that you can either ride a wind or, uh, you know, hold it into the wind. It just gives you a lot more uh, shots in the bag that most guys don't have. Yeah, and he'll go off with uh, Patrick Cantlay and Dustin Johnson, a little bit of a of a lower key uh, group to start with rather than Tiger at the Masters. He, he doesn't get that privilege again, uh, uh, led. But on to another ball striker who uh, is just as incredible of a ball striker as JT, but will struggle with the putter. That's Colin Morikawa at 18 to 1. And, and I'm indifferent about Morikawa this week. He is driving the ball exceptionally well uh, over his last five tournaments, which included that fifth place finish to the Masters. I like him on a golf course like Southern Hills with really strong, small greens. It gives a ball striker like him a clear advantage. But, you know, the putting has been absolutely garbage uh, since the players. You know, however, the fact of the matter is Morikawa just needs to put, uh, you know, a decent, uh, put together a decent week on the greens with a good ball striking performance. And he's going to be in contention. He, you know, He's proven that last year at the PGA where he lost almost two and a half shots on the greens and finished eighth at Kiowa. Uh, he does not necessarily have to putt well to get in the mix. I'm going to shop uh, a matchup for Morikawa this weekend. I think if you want a finishing ticket for Morikawa, I have to believe that the play is top 10 at plus 140 uh, to give him some leeway in case the putter does not come around. Um but for me on Morikawa this week, I'm, I'm just going to shop a matchup and, and see what we can get there. Um, I'm going to be out on, on 18 to one for his winning ticket. Yeah. I'm out on Morikawa as well, especially to win um, doc. From what I've heard, it's pretty grainy around the greens there. And, you know, whether it's a Hovland or a Morikawa, some of these bowed wrist guys have a tendency to struggle uh, off those tight lies. And uh, I don't know. I just don't want, chipping to be really a concern this week just given the fact that we got the small greens we're gonna have wind even these elite ball strikers you could have a great day uh you know with your irons and still be missing five or six greens given you could hit 18 but four of them roll off the side of the green if you're not going to be able to get those up and down consistently then i don't really want to play you especially at uh you know in the teens here but uh moving into our next guy patrick Cantlay, 19 to 1 I've seen him 22 to one in some places. Uh, this is a guy who started the season fourth at Century, ninth at the Amex, fourth at Pebble, second at the Waste Management. Not only did he lose a playoff at Waste Management, but he was also in a playoff at Harbortown when he lost to Jordan Spieth. Uh, Patrick Cantley is a couple bounces away from having two to three wins early on in the season, and we can potentially get him at 22 to one compared to a 12 to one ROM ticket. I think it's I'm not going to lie. I, I really do like this ticket and I am going to play this, especially when I compare it to the other guys. Uh, he's the only guy among the top 20 ball strikers in the field. Uh, that is also top 10 player around the green. 
Um, I don't care how good a ball striker you are. We talked about this with these turtle back greens. You're going to be having to chip the ball a few times every round. And Patrick Cantlay has shown he can do that consistently. Uh, I absolutely love a 22 to one ticket on Cantlay to win this week and get his first major. A lot of guys break through um, to get their first major at the PGA. Uh, I think Cantlay could certainly do it this week. Great look on Cantlay. Uh, I'm going to shop him in the matchups. And I think exactly like you said, there's really not that, you know, second to speed in these favorites, not that many better looks than Patrick Cantlay. Guys absolutely rolling so far this year. And on to Dustin Johnson at 19 to one. I see this at 25 to one on points, bet. Uh, you know, another guy uh, that, that I'll, I'll really just shop around in matchups this week. You know, the short game scares me as far as DJ is concerned this week. He could just be a little rusty from the wedding, but even before then the putting, and chipping for DJ had been brutal all year. Uh, now, one thing going for DJ this week is, despite the poor play this year, he has played well in 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 all the big spots. You know, ninth at the Players, twelfth at the Masters. Uh, he has stepped up when it has mattered. I think you're going to find more value in at at the Open for DJ. I, I don't particularly like the venues in the major championships for DJ this year. I don't think Brookline will set up well for him at the U S. So personally I'll reevaluate DJ um, at some tournaments down the road. And as far as majors are concerned, it'll be at St. Andrews for me uh, uh, for the open. So nothing on DJ at 25 to one for me this week. Okay. Moving into the matchups for the PGA championship. Um, I'll start it off here with Billy Horschel over Louis Oosthuizen at minus 105 on bet online. Uh, you know, Billy Ho's performance at the Masters was disappointing, made the cut and finished 43rd. Uh, and that wasn't up to his standards of how he's been playing in 2022. Good thing for us. Uh, we had him over Terrell Hatton at the Masters, which hit. But my point to that is he, he really, you know, over his career, he has not lived up to his standards for major championships, uh, being a six-time PGA Tour winner. Hasn't had a top 20 in a majors in 2016, but a lot has changed with Billy uh, this year. As we've talked about a lot, he's taken his iron play to the next level. And I think Southern Hills is a rare major championship venue that will cater to Billy. Number one, he puts fantastic on big grass. Number two, ranks inside the top 26 in driving approach and putting on the PGA tour over his last three events. I'm not saying he's going to win, but we have, we have a matchup for Billy against Louis Tazen, who has been battling injury over the last few months that took him out of the masters. And he's 121st on tour and approach over his last three events. So my first matchup this week is going to be Billy Horschel over Louis Tazen minus one Oh five on bet online. Absolutely love that doc. Um, Louis, he went, I've seen some Saudi stuff for him, correct? Yeah, I think, uh, I think he's one of those names that might make the jump. I, we don't have to dive into this too much, but I, I really think that the, uh, the DP world tour, the old European tour, they're, they're, they're going to be in trouble, not only losing their star players, but I, I think led, I think we're in for a big, um, a big change as far as the Ryder cup is going to be concerned. 
Mm, interesting, interesting. All right, well, moving into my first head-to-head, I'm going to be taking Patrick Reed over Cameron Champ, minus 103 on the Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, no sweatshirts no, that, sweat. I, that I know of. Um, no off-white Cameron Champ sweatshirts or um, rowback half zips for, yeah. for, P, for P. Reed. But, yeah, if you look at the results, you lean towards a guy like Cameron Champ, who is certainly in form, um, obviously kills it off the tee, uh, no match. Uh, if it's a long drive contest, yeah, it'll be a pretty quick one. But I'm going to go off their resumes rather than stats alone. Yes, we all know that Patrick has struggled over the last couple of years, but Patrick gets up for these big events. Patrick Reed has finished in the top 20 in six of his last eight majors. If the winds blow and the greens firm up, it could become a bit of a short game contest. And if we had like a draft of the best short games on tour, P. Reed is a top three pick every time. Um, meanwhile, Cameron Champ has struggled around the greens, um, especially this season. Uh, I love the fact the fairways are pretty forgiving for a guy like Patrick Reed. You know, he's not going to be uh, hitting too many provisional balls out there. He definitely has a tendency to hit uh, a couple foul balls. But for the most part, this isn't a chip out sideways U.S. Open. Uh, even if he misses a fairway, he's going to be advanced the ball, advancing the ball like somewhere up there around the green. And the way he gets up and down, it's pretty much automatic. Uh, the fact that there's only two you know, super long par fives lean towards a guy like Patrick in this matchup. Who's been so good with his wedges. Um, you know, this isn't a, uh, I don't think this is going to be an event like uh, like an Augusta situation, right? Where Cameron champ could go 12 under on the par fives and Patrick Reed only went four under um, just given the fact that there's only two par fives and they're not really uh, two shotters. Uh, champ is 118th with his irons and 142nd around the greens on a golf course that will put so much emphasis in that area i have to lean towards the short game god patrick reed in this matchup at minus 103 for my first one it's patrick reed over cameron champ minus 103 yeah on to my next uh matchup it's gonna be robert mcintyre over ian poulter at minus 120 uh over on bet online what a great spot led to jump back on the Rob Mack train. I mean, this guy is proving time after time that he can, that he's up for the big moment, proved it this year when he came in 15th at the Genesis after getting a sponsor's exemption into that event. Hasn't he like, I don't know if I saw this on you know Twitter. We don't know if it's always right. Hasn't he finished like top 20 in every major he's ever played in or something? Every major in WGC. Wow. Uh, um, he, he, I mean, what, he, 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 he is coming through in the big spot um, similar to the way Tom Brady can step up in the big spot. I, I wow. think that, I think that Rob Mack one is going to be, you know, the Europeans keep talking about, Oh, we're going to lose Poulter. We're going to lose Westwood Sergio. You know, when you have a guy like Rob Mack, uh, you know, climbing up the ranks, there's little to worry about, you know, from, from the perspective of the, of the RNA uh, and the rest of Europe, um, you know, this kid out of Scotland is just putting on a show. Then he goes to the masters, finishes 23rd. Um, yeah. Yeah. When, when we hear the term lefty, people aren't going to think of Phil anymore. They're no, 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 no. <laughs> this guy is next up. Remember we had a top 40 ticket on him, uh, there at the masters when he finished 23rd, uh, the Scott, I mean, he just has a class short game is an absolute gamer, uh, the more important side of this, though, you have to look on the other side of the matchup and see Ian Poulter, who, 
is having an absolutely horrible year from tee to green, ranking outside the top 100 on tour in driving and approach, uh, which has led to not finishing better than 30th um, <laughs> since the fall season began. And that simply won't get it done at Southern Hills. He'll be packing his bags Friday, no doubt about it. Uh, so my second matchup is Robert McIntyre. Big game, Rob, over Ian Poulter at minus 120 on Bet Online. Love that one. Um, for my next matchup, I'm going to be taking Scotty Scheffler over John Rom plus 100 on DraftKings. This matchup is completely about the number. Um, yes, Rom just won the Mexican Corn Ferry Open, but other than that, there is no reason why the number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, should be in, should be a dog to anyone. Um, yes, it was an off week for Scheffler last week at the Byron Nelson, where he finished 15th. That is the kind of golf he's playing right now. Yes, 15th place is an off week. He lost almost two strokes with the putter. Um, it was actually the first time he lost strokes with that club since January. So he's really been consistent on the greens. Meanwhile, Rom had lost strokes leading to the Mexican Open uh, four weeks in a row. So I love this matchup. I think we can take advantage of the book's kind of recency bias here. Uh, when you look at these two guys' temperaments even, um, I'm leaning Scotty all day in firm, windy, grinded out conditions. Guys are going to hit shots that land next to the pin and end up 100 feet from the hole. I think flatline Scotty over whiny Rom all day for this matchup. Um, Doc, he's the number one player in the world. There's no way he should be plus 100 against anyone. Let's take advantage of it. Yeah, and his creativity around the greens, the way that he can get up and down, um, you know, mixed with how consistent he's been with his iron play, I think that's a total lock. Um, over Rom, I mean, but just from the standpoint, um, you know, both these guys fire first round 74. I'm taking Scotty all day yeah. in terms of getting back into this tournament. Yeah, great spot there. Uh, Sheffield over Rom, I like that a lot. Um, on to my next ticket Keegan Bradley over Abraham Answer at minus 139 on Bet Online. Now, Keegan, of course, is killing it from T to Green over his last four events, fifth at the players, eighth at Valero second at Wells Fargo and you have to credit the work he's done on the greens with putting guru, Phil Kenyon. Uh, you know, he's, he has Keegan's putting numbers at a place that we have not seen them in the last 10 years. Um, like I said, the tee to green ball striking, it never left Keegan. All he ever had to do was hit, hit or put it average. And he would be in good shape. Finally got it dialed, got dialed in there with Kenyon. Uh, and he faces a guy, uh, an Abe answer who has performed really miles below expectation this season, you know, has not finished bet uh, between uh, better, sorry, than, than 33rd since the Mayakoba in November and his approach and driving numbers are nothing to write home about. Uh, I like Keegan in this matchup and, and, you know, a likely contender of this championship uh, that's going to be Keegan Bradley, over Abraham answer at minus 139 um, on bet online. Uh, my second to last matchup for this week um, is going to be Shane Lowry over Will Zalatoris at minus 127 on bet online. And I'll make it really simple because I've already talked about Shane um, and, and how he's going to kick ass this week. It's very simple. Will Zalatoris uh, cannot putt on bent grass. I told you this last week before he missed the cut. End of story. It's fade Willie Z. Uh, week and you know how about it how about all the talking heads that hammered Zal last week because he lives down the street from the golf course he puts uh, horrendous on bent grass 
could have the same result this week. He, you know, he's on a lot of guys list, uh, but we're going to get to Shane Lowry a little bit more uh, later on. He's going to be an absolute force this week. So my uh, second to last matchup is going to be Shane Lowry over Will Zalatoris at minus 127 at Bet Online. And my final matchup this week is going to be Max Homa over Jason Kokrak um, at minus 120 on DraftKings. And, you know, Homa, fourth uh, strokes gained off the tee on tour over his last 12 rounds and seventh on tour and strokes gained approach over his last 12 rounds. Uh, you compare that to Kokrak, who's kind of been middle of the pack as far as stats are concerned. And Max Homa, winner of the Wells Fargo, going to be a, a big force this week at the PGA. So my final matchup is going to be Max Homa over Jason Kokrak at minus 120 on DraftKings. Love it, Doc. Um, moving into our picks to place. Uh, I only have two picks to place this week. I'll fire them off. Honestly, I feel like a lot of like the top fives and top tens for the most part were just overpriced, especially given the fact that we're going to kind of get some, you know, somewhat inclement weather, right? Uh, I think waves are going to be really important, especially when, um, you know, potentially we're looking at, you know, some guy tees off 7 a.m. and, you know, fires a little 65 and then people got to go tee off at 2 o'clock in 30 mile an hour winds and a 73 could be a good score. You know, I think... Um, especially as you start, you know, getting into those top fives and top tens, it definitely, uh, you know, there's not a lot of wiggle room. You, yeah. you could just be a bad wave away from uh, um, being able to contend in those. But yeah, I have two top 20s this week. Patrick Reed, top 20 plus 400 for my first one is on DraftKings. Um, Patrick Reed has finished in the top 20 in six of his last eight majors. The golf course should have set up great for him, given the fact that he has a tendency to get a little crooked off the tee. You know, four under par could end up being a top 20 if the course plays as difficult as we expect it to be. Um, yes, we don't exactly love his form. You know, he has missed some cuts in the last couple of weeks here, but he did finish 35th at the Masters. And if he hits it mediocre and it, uh, even if he just hits it mediocre, his short game should keep him around for the weekend. Um, yes, he is a little bit of an all or nothing type guy. I think he just needs to make the cut and then, you know, the way he puts it, the way he chips it, I think a top 20 at plus 400 is more than doable. Um, for my next pick to place, it's going to be Taylor Gooch, top 20 plus 500 on DraftKings. Um, this price has definitely blown up a bit after his miscut at the AT&T. These books act like he shot in the 80s when he shot 300 for two rounds. Uh, it's just, you know, it was a bit of an easier golf course. But, Doc, these books time and time again overreact to these miscuts. Like, if he ends up, Right. If, what he shoot? I think he shot 72, six, or he shot 73, 68. Let's say he shot 71, 68, makes a cut on the number and then goes 65, 65 on the weekend. Right. We look at that start completely differently uh, when given the fact that, you know, it's two shots. I mean, that's uh, that's two lip outs, you know, coming down the stretch. It's literally nothing. Um, before missing the cut by two shots last week, Taylor Gooch was playing great. Uh, he's been incredibly consistent all year. I'm going to list some results that are ridiculous. Fourth at the Fortinet, 11th at the Shriners, 5th at the CJ Cup, 11th at Mayakoba, won the RSM, 7th at the Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer, sorry, 14th at the Masters, which we love, and then four other top 30s. I do not understand why his top 20 number is so high, besides struggling a bit with the driver. Doc, we talked about this week, the fairways are pretty forgiving. I think you don't need to have this all-world driving week to contend, to compete here this week. Um, 
stats wise, he's 28th approach and fourth around the greens in the field being dialed in those key areas at Southern Hills is going to serve him well. So I'm all over the former Oklahoma state cowboy this week in Tulsa, Taylor Gooch, top 20 plus 500 for my other pick to place right down the street from Stillwater. I like it led um, on to my picks to place for the PGA. Uh, first one's going to be Shane Lowry, top 20 plus 140 at Beth 365. What a great spot for Shane, uh, who is number one on tour in total strokes gained over his last uh, three events, which consisted of back-to-back top five finishes at the Masters and RBC, as well as top 20s at the players in Valspar. So we're looking at one of the better players of 2022 without a win in Shane Lowry. Um, hasn't finished outside uh, 13th since the Houston Open in November, and a couple of reasons why I love him at Southern Hills. Number one, he ranks fourth on tour in approach over his last three events, and number two, he you know at the the short game numbers you're not going to see they they haven't been quite there in 2022, but I know Shane has a crafty enough short game uh, to navigate the tricky up and downs around Southern Hills if needed. Um, I love this guy this week, really. In any shape or form you can get him in, that's Shane Lowry, top 20 at plus 140 at bet 365. Second pick to place for me is going to be Hideki Matsuyama, top 20 at plus 140 on bet 365. Another elite ball striker who should dominate at Southern Hills, ranks ninth on tour and approach, um, which is what we've come to expect from Hideki. A lot of folks are going to stay away from him this week because has been dealing with injury a little bit. I've, I haven't heard a thing about the injury since he withdrew from Valero, which was prior to him finishing 14th the Masters and third at the Byron Nelson last week. So I don't quite understand why anyone is still concerned about the injury. Um, there is a worry on the greens when it comes to Hideki on big grass, but at least it's not Bermuda. His putting numbers aren't horrible um, on Bermuda compared to Bent. So I really think – Hideki gets himself in the mix this week. So that ticket's going to be Hideki Matsuyama, top 20 at plus 140 on bet 365. Uh, number three for picks to place, as far as the PGA is concerned, is going to be Daniel Berger, top 20 plus 230 on bet 365. Uh, you know, and the story with Berger this year, you know, has been about the back flaring up on him, um, similar to Hideki in the sense that. The injury has overshadowed his chances this week. I expect Berger to be 100% healthy coming into the PGA. He has not played since the RBC where he finished 21st. He was supposed to play in the Mexico Open, but withdrew. But even despite the injuries, I mean, Daniel Berger has been one of the best all-around players of 2022 as far as the numbers are concerned. And at 29 years old and four PGA Tour events under his belt, you have to think that the time – um, is soon for Berger to win his first major championship. And we'll get into the winners lo- a little later on. For now, it's Daniel Berger, top 20 at plus 230 on Bet365. My last pick to place for the PGA is going to be Mito Pereira, top 40 plus 130 on FanDuel. 19 um, on tour in total strokes gained over his last 12 rounds, 13th in strokes gained off the tee over his last 12 rounds. So those two uh, factors, you have to think Mito is definitely going to make the cut and put himself in the mix. 
Um, come the weekend at the PGA, he has excellent touch around the, the greens and, and the putting is plenty good enough, has not finished um, outside 27th over his last four events. So my last pick to place is going to be Mito Pereira, top 40 at plus 130 on FanDuel. Mito. The, mo- the movement, it's back. It's okay. back. Moving into our picks to win. I am going to be taking Patrick Cantlay 22 to 1. I absolutely love Cantlay this week. He's had a much better year than his trophy case lets on. I wouldn't be shocked if he won his first major. Uh, being the PGA, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of guys have broken through. We think of, uh, you know, whether it be a Jason Day, a Jason Duffner, uh, a Keegan. Um, I'm thinking of one more guy. Um, Man, he's a one. How about Jimmy Walker? Jimmy Walker. That's the guy. That's the guy. There we go. Dog on it. Um, But yeah, he's one of the few guys in the field that is just solid in every statistical category. Can't really nitpick anything. His best service by far is bent grass, which we will be playing this week at Southern Hills. Yeah. And my picks to win, I've got five of them for you this week and, and quite a few and quite a few, um, in in the favorites um i'll start here uh with jordan spieth at 22 to 1 on bet 365 um you know you hear in the description of the type of shots you have to hit around the greens at southern hill and you just start to fall in love with jordan spieth especially with how good he's been hitting and we talked a lot about him in the favorites so uh my first pick to win is going to be jordan spieth at 22 to 1 on bet 365 yeah for my next pick to win Cam Smith, 25 to one people are going to think someone kidnapped my dog and it's forcing me to play this. But after fading Cam (laughs) Smith earlier in the year, I cannot do it anymore. Um, I've been able to put the snap hook and banana slice pro tracers aside and I'm now focusing on what Cam Smith does better than everyone else. Wedge it close and drain putts. Cam Smith is one of the best putters on tour. He's also a top 10 iron player. Um, His ability to give him so many birdie chances and actually convert them gives him a chance to win every week. The fact that Cameron Smith will be able to spray it a bit this week um, and be absolutely fine, I think is huge, right? It's not exactly chip out sideways rough. If it was, I don't think we'd be playing a guy like Cam. Doc, I don't think for the most part, obviously there are some trees out there, but, uh, you know, man, it's just the way Cam Smith plays. I remember watching him. You know, this is like pretty much uh, his game in a nutshell. But I remember watching him at the British Open, I think, like it was either last year or two years ago. I mean, just starts off just the biggest slice ever into the rough, you know, chips it out to 80 yards, wedges to three feet par. Second hole, snap hooks it into a pot bunker, has to chip out to like 85 yards, hits it like five feet par. It's like no matter what, uh, you know, just having those two parts of his game humming, you know, pretty much especially on tough golf courses, pretty much is going to put him right there. You know, he's obviously had a ton of uh, results, whether it be the, uh, you know, the top five at the Masters or the um, the win at the players earlier in the year. But, uh, yeah, I think, Doc, getting him at 25 to 1, we just go back to his last event. You know, Cam Smith is coming off of why did I sign up for this event miscut cut at Harbortown. I think we can take advantage of that slightly juice number. Uh, you know, if he did have a top 10 there coming in this week, maybe that number is, you know, 18 to one or 20 to one. So 
Uh, I love taking Cam Smith at 25 to one over a Jordan Spieth at 16 to one ticket every day of the week, just because of the, um, I feel like their games are actually in a pretty similar spot. And just books are kind of overreacting to that um, Harvard town uh, start. Yeah. I mean, he was dominant. The players dominant. The masters um, books are definitely looking way too far into RBC. I mean, he's coming off um, arguably the biggest week of his life um at at the masters so probably fulfilled sponsor obligations at the rbc miscut um i like cameron smith this week i mean i you know i know the driving numbers really aren't there but like you said there's space um a ton of space to miss at southern hills as long as you know you don't live out of the rough and and you're constantly having to um you know predict the ball coming out of there if we if for some reason, right, we changed the sport of golf, and it was a one-stroke penalty for hitting the green in regulation this week, right? Doc, that was a game we played, like, uh, when you know, at yeah, junior, golf, training. junior yeah. golf school or whatever, where it was like, you're not allowed to hit the green. So what does it do? It makes you leave it in the right spot, yeah. and it makes you obviously hone in your short game. I mean, whether it's a Cam Smith or a Patrick Reeder, they're definitely one of those guys that you almost are thinking – they could hit no greens and shoot under par, right? They just chip in once and get this other 17 up and down in terms of how good their short games are. Eight footer to win this golf tournament. Cam Smith and other guys probably on your, you know, one of the first couple guys you're probably picking if there's a draft. Okay. On to my next uh, winning ticket who we've already discussed quite a bit today. It's going to be Shane Lowry. I got him at 50 to one on DraftKings Sportsbook. That's now dropped to 25 to one but I believe Circa still has him at 37 to one. Uh, so shop around there, you know, Shane Lowry, Tita green, um, really not too many better players in the field has, has, has knocked on the door um, a lot in 2022, you know, third at the masters, third at the RBC, second at the Honda. Um, a lot of, a lot of stuff to like uh, about Shane Lowry at Southern Hills this week. And Doc, I'll join in with you on this. Uh, I have Shane Lowry at 35 to one as well. Uh, Shane Lowry's last five starts are second at the Honda, 13th at the player, 12th at the Valspar, third at the Masters, and third at the RBC Heritage. He's gaining almost six shots to the green on average in his, in his last five events. Um, the one thing that actually hasn't been up to regular standard, Doc, you mentioned this, are his stats around the greens. Um, I think that's a bit of a fluke. You know, he's really known as one, having one of the best short games on tour. Uh, he's certainly on the all-hands team, along with Patrick Reed and Cam Smith. Uh, the former champion golf of the year finished fourth place at the PGA last year. Uh, I think he has another great week in Tulsa. Yeah, and, and um, a couple more uh, winning picks. Um, guys, we, we've, we've discussed today. Daniel Berger at 55-1 on Bet River. Uh, really love him at every major championship venue. And with his numbers right now being uh, slightly disrespected uh, due to his injuries, I like Berger at 55 to one. Uh, and then my last two, I, I'm, I'm going to take uh, Roy McIlroy at 16 to one on FanDuel and a little bit on Justin Thomas at 16 to one on bet three, six, five. So quite a few, three, three of the top 10 favorites um, I'm betting to win uh, this week, all, um, you know, Rory, JT and Spieth, um, on, on a bit of a major championship drought and, and Southern Hills, um, seems like the correct place where one of those guys gets it done. Let, I actually think there's a ticket 
on Bet Online that is, I think it's plus 216. It's Rory, JT, and Spieth uh, against the field at plus 216. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Yeah, I mean, the field's got, well, they got 30 PGA pros in it, so it's not exactly uh, uh, back-end head. Not, not the <laughs> don't give me field. Don't get me rolling on that, lad. Don't get no, me rolling on that. A major championship that has 50 guys that don't play on a week-to-week basis is absolutely ridiculous. We play weekly. Come on. <laughs> yeah, what? In the afternoon scratch game, lad. Come on. I'm, I'm playing in that. Yeah. I'm no, playing in that. What's funny is a lot of people – I've seen a lot of Twitter guys, and I've seen some tweets that's like, Oh, I really like long shots this week. You know, some of these 150 to one, 200 to one guys. And realistically for these majors, the setup is supposed to separate like the elite players from the non. Um, So I don't really see that much value in, you know, some of these guys are 200 to one, 250 to one. They're normally out at that number for a reason. I've seen some, Ooh, let's maybe uh, doc. What do you think? I've, I've seen Bryson upwards of like, Almost, what was he? I think I saw him like almost 90 to one somewhere or something. Yeah, I, uh, I gotta be honest with you. Got, yeah, go ahead. It looks like he got in a motorcycle accident yesterday, still, in terms of his hands healing. Um, also, what is he like 50% greens in regulation from like 110 yards? I feel like just, I don't think this course sets up well at him, uh, well for him at all. Like this, yes, it is a little bit bomb and gouge, but he's 150. He's 142nd on tour around the greens. Well, I mean, like T to green, Bryson is a disaster right now. I didn't even know he was playing until yesterday. Yeah, but he might not be playing. He's supposed yeah. to like get out. Ah, I saw so that. I make saw sure you that. don't put him in his lineup, everybody. Put him in your lineup, everybody. And then yeah. I'll have to win. And MC'd his last three events. Bryson, Daggett this week. Yeah, uh, but this should, this should certainly be a course. Just one more thing uh, that you'd rather be. 165 yards out sitting back there in the fairway then you know 130 out of the, the we've heard you know the flyers out here are ridiculous yeah. like guys are taking wedges for like 175 because tiger just, talked about that a lot today yeah so um definitely want to be looking at some of these guys uh that are hitting fairways in especially when you're playing in high winds just the ability to control the spin obviously if you catch a flyer there's no spin on that ball. That's what that, you know, pretty much means. And the wind is going to determine where that ball ends up uh, versus the player. So definitely be looking at some guys that are going to be hitting fairways. Yeah. Onto my, onto dark horses uh, for the PGA. My one dark horse this week is going to be Roy McIlroy top five at plus four fifty on DraftKings Sportsbook. kind of parlaying that with the, well, not parlaying that for betting, no parlays. Uh, but um, it's in addition to my Rory winning ticket, Rory McIlroy top five at plus 450 on DraftKings Southern Hills. You know, it's going to be the farthest thing from a putting competition, which is good news for Rory. And after hearing this, the head superintendent, Russ Meyer, say that uh, the course will predominate predominantly the plan is for the course to play soft. Um, and in that case, you know, it, it reminds me a lot of Valhalla. Um, within his last uh, PGA, as far as course conditions are concerned, that was playing very soft. That works to Rory's advantage. So my dark horse this week is going to be Roy McIlroy, top five at plus four fifty on DraftKings Sportsbook. Good find there, Doc. And for me, for my dark horse, 
uh, my dark horse bet is going to be Tiger Woods making the cut minus 115. Um, I don't trust Tiger for a 72 hole event. I do trust him for, you know, 36 holes. Um, Tiger's golf game is absolutely fine. As we saw at Augusta, he looked good the first two rounds, then tailed off as his body started to break down. Um, I think Tiger is more than capable of making the cut if it hovers in that couple over par range like we expect. Uh, Tiger actually gained strokes with his approach shots at Augusta. Um, the iron play was there. It, it honestly came down to, now obviously he was nowhere near contention as it got to kind of Saturday, Sunday. He was almost, whatever, 13, 14 over par. But, I mean, the guy was three-putting every other hole. It was ridiculous yeah. what was going on with the putter. I don't expect that this week. Um Dog, we can win this bet even if he fires 150 on the weekend, which I like. Uh, I think Tiger gets off to a good start this week. He's playing an unreal group. Uh, I think he'll rise to the occasion. I mean, uh, we can cash that bet. Doc, I just saw a tweet that said um, the early late guys, so the guys teeing off early in the morning on Thursday, late on Friday, are going to, according to weather conditions, going to have a much better uh, chance to win the event. So, you know, that, yeah, the, that pick I just gave was the Tiger Woods making the cut. That's like kind of my dark horse bet. I haven't selected the Gen bet, but I'm definitely going to be uh, my Gen bet's going to be potentially a uh, first round leader guy in the first couple groups Thursday morning. See if we can find a number uh, that fits. So stay tuned on Twitter for that one. Doc, how about you for your Gen bet? Yeah, I have two. I have two this week, Led. Um, first one's going to be Harold Varner, the third top 20 at plus 380 on FanDuel. Uh, and the aspect that I love about Harold Varner is that he's eighth on tour in approach um, over his last three events. We saw him earlier this year win the Saudi International. He's made a run in a couple tour events this year, like the players in the RBC, each of which he finished in the top 10. You know, the reason that he, he's not much of a discussion this week is his, his driving numbers could be um, a lot better. But I think this is a great degenerate, degenerate bet look on a guy who – um, you know, is craving a chance to contend in the big event. Uh, so first degenerate bet, you got a note on that? Blood? Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that it seems like has a tendency to, you said it was top 20, right? Yeah. Top 20 plus three. He has a tendency to throw up some Sunday 74s. Yeah. So, uh, I like that being a top 20 versus a top 10. Cause it's, you know, uh, I think that's, uh, Gives you a little more wiggle room for sure there. Yeah, he and and look, he's middle of the pack as far as uh, around the greens and putting is concerned. It's really that approach number and, and total strokes gain that's appealing. Um, maybe on the back end, end of a of a hot run here for Varner. Obviously, played well at the Players, played well at the Masters. Twenty third at the Masters, tied with our boy uh, Rob Mack. Uh, so first degenerate bet HV three. Uh, top 20 at plus 380 on FanDuel. The second one, the second degenerate bet for the PGA is going to be Brooks Kepka, top 10 at plus 390 on FanDuel. I mean, how could I leave uh, you know, the two-time PGA championship winner off my card? I think a lot of talking heads are scared of him this week because he withdrew from the Byron they can make of that what they will. I'm going to guess that he just packed it in and flew straight to Southern Hills. Um, and here's the thing. Kepka's driving numbers are above average, and that could be all he needs uh, to give himself a fighting chance this week. The result in 2022, like, like we've discussed a lot, has been up and down. Of course, he missed the cut at the Masters. 
um, in his first major championship of the season. But for a guy who finished second at last year's PGA um, and then coming to a golf course that caters to the long ball, I, I don't know how it could pass on Brooks Kepka this week in some fashion. So second to Jen bet Brooks Kepka top 10 plus 390 on FanDuel. And Doc, I just saw a video. Uh, he locked his golf bag in his courtesy car and had to miss his um believe he had to miss his press conference i don't know if they're going to reschedule it or not but he locked his uh golf bag in his in his courtesy car there while it was running which is hard to do that's um, shocking i wonder what kind of courtesy car they, they've been set up with this it weekend. looked like it, it was like is it lexus it looked like it was like a i don't think it would have been but it kind of looked like it was like a tahoe suv situation yeah um, I, that would but, make sense. I'm just thinking cars made in 2022, like it, it's pretty impossible to lock your keys in a car, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if guys will do anything to get out of a press conference these days. Right. And, and <laughs> for Brooks, he wants no part of a practice round either. So yeah, yeah he wants <laughs> no part of it, but uh, yeah. so I guess that's music to this bets here. That's Kepka top 10 plus 390 on FanDuel. I hope he doesn't get one practice round in. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Moving into our DraftKings lineup, I'll fire it off with Patrick Cantlay, Cameron Smith, Shane Lowry, Tyrrell Hatton, Taylor Gooch, and my caboose is Rob McIntyre. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Tyrrell, I haven't looked at Tyrrell Tyrrell Hatton this week. Um, You know, he's a guy that just, he's proved over and over again, he plays tough golf course as well. Um, And I, you know, I just, I can look through his stats here, but in terms of the fact that he's always been a guy that, uh, you know, if the conditions get tough, he, you know, he, he's there, right. If, if the, I don't think it will be, but if that winning score is even in that single digits range, uh, Tyrrell's shown, he can, uh, you know, he can pop up in those, in those big events. And he's just a guy who's just always been a pretty solid ball striker and putter. So really solid and consistent, even when he plays bad, does not miss cuts. Uh, yeah. So good, good find there led for the lineups. Uh, as far as my lineup is concerned, it's going to be Jordan Spieth, Corey Connor, Shane Lowry, Max Homa, Keegan Bradley, and Mito Pereira uh, uh, rounding it out to uh, I got, I got to get more action in that Mito movement. I think, I think it's going to be a kind of a hello world for Mito uh, as far as the major championships are concerned. So, uh, moving into our scoring prediction led, I believe I got you last week at 23 under, uh, you had, you had under that doc. That's right. I had 21 under, uh, I can't, I mean, I guess, yeah, they went that low again. I didn't, we both didn't think, uh, you know, KH league going, what do you go? 51 under over yeah. two of fan. I mean, they nearly got to 30 under it was, and listen, it, we don't, it's irrelevant for this week, but it brings me back to my point. Uh, most fans, the average golf fan, uh, Barney at the bar, has no interest in watching these guys get to 30 under on a golf course um, that is completely flat. The only thing you could see around the course was a highway. Um, they have no interest in that uh, whatsoever. Uh, they, Who's they- doing the golf? Is it TNT this week? Or is it like Fox TNT or what's going on? Uh, ESPN for Thursday and Friday and then CBS. Uh, yeah. CBS. Hallie's Hallie's on the, on the, on the team. Oh yeah. CBS. That's right. Yeah. Lee led, of course. 
Why did I think it was TNT? Did they used to do yeah, TNT? Yeah, they, they okay. switched it around over the years. CBS did not always have this, but I've been I've been watching too much NBA playoffs with Charles Barkley. I don't know. I got it like on the brain. But yes, wow. Ali is uh tuning in to, they're doing the CBS uh network this week. So it should be should be fun to watch. It's gonna be pure. I mean, Jim, Nick, I don't have to worry about about Buck. A uh, Buck is on the alternate. Uh, I do have to worry about Joe Buck. He he. There is an alternate broadcast, a la uh, Manning cast, a la A Rod and Michael K cast in baseball, which has been an absolute disaster. We'll <laughs> we'll see how uh, Joe Buck and Michael Collins get the job done. I'm not crazy about. Uh, have they posted a guest list yet? No, that's a good question. That's a good. TB twelve coming they, in hot. They must have guests because yeah. if you're not going to put Buck with a former player um, and pair him up with Collins, maybe it's going to be a, a running um, uh, a running list of guests. But uh, for me personally, I am not interested in hearing Joe Buck and, and Michael Collins talk at all, uh, whether it's guests or not. I, I like the traditional broadcast um, with Jim uh, and Nick going down to Amanda, Colt, hopefully Hallie. Um, great news that she's in there this week. So I, I'm just excited for the traditional broadcast this week, Led. Um, on to so getting back to the point, scoring predictions for this week. My prediction for this week is going to be 15 under par. Uh, weather seems like it will be good enough for the most part. Um, and, and like I said, head greenskeeper Russ Myers said the course will play soft. Um, so if someone gets going with the irons. Uh, not missing a whole lot of greens. I see someone going low this week. 15 under is my prediction. I'm taking 11 under. I think the winds are going to get up there. Man, I would love it to be like seven. I'd love it to, I'd love I, for it to be seven under, and I'd love for like four guys to be under par. That's, a, I, that's around what Tiger did in 07. Yeah. Woody Austin, little runner up. So wow, pure. so pure. Did you see his outfits for those four days? <laughs> yeah, Incredible. it was like he had the Mona Lisa on it. Yeah, show. Mona Lisa, Maui, ninety-nine Ryder Cup shirt. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. My yeah, my score prediction is eleven under. But uh, Doc and all these majors, we both are normally rooting for the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, on to our best bets. Closing it out here on the Golf Preview Podcast. Um, I'm going with Jordan Spieth. Top 10 plus 180 on FanDuel. I saved the best, most anticipated pick for the 2022 PGA. Uh, for last year, I have not taken Jordan and they picked a place in quite a long time. Uh, he has proven me wrong with everything that he's working on the swing. Um, you know, I still can't stand the, the pre shot, uh, but you can't ignore how much he, he is trending coming into this event. The iron play is dialed, and I don't trust anyone more around these greens than Jordan Spieth. So my best bet for this week is going to be Jordan Spieth, top 10 plus 180 on FanDuel. And Doc, as I'm looking at it, I see plus 190 on DraftKings. So um, they can get oh, a thank you. Thank slightly you. better yeah. number. I think that one just moved though. So get on that one uh, before it goes. For my best bet, I'm going to be taking Cameron Smith over Matthew Fitzpatrick, minus 110 on DraftKings. I've hit three best bets in a row. Let's keep it rolling. Statistically, Cameron Smith is a couple yards longer off the tee. He is significantly better on his approach shots. He's a much better putter. What am I missing? Fitz is coming off a T2 at the Wells Fargo where he gained a fraudulent seven strokes on the greens. 
The only reason these guys are priced similarly is because Cam Smith is coming off an MC and Fitz is coming off a career show at the Wells Fargo. Um, The talking heads think Matthew Fitzpatrick becomes Jack Nichols in the wind. Um, Yes, he has played well in difficult conditions, but uh, you know, some of them want to make some of them want to make him the favorite in majors. If the wind's over 12 miles an hour, Uh, I do not doc. One more thing. Matthew Fitzpatrick is chipping cross-handed. That's fine on simple bump and runs, but good luck chipping cross and up and over slopes, bumping into the banks, all the difficult shots you're going to need around the greens this week at Southern Hills. Uh, with that kind of cross-handed move, I don't think that's going to fare uh, well at all. Um, I don't, yeah, like I said, I don't think that's going to go well for him this week, uh, whether it's statistics or, uh, you know, among other things. The fact that these guys are priced the same makes no sense to me. Uh, Cameron Smith has played much better in these bigger events. Um, yeah, so for that reason, I'm hammering this matchup, and you should too. Cameron Smith over Matthew Fitzpatrick, minus 110 on DraftKings for my best bet. Yeah, and I got wrapped up in the midseason Fitzpatrick hype. You know, took him at the players um, to win, took him at Valspar. He, he doesn't win. He no, doesn't he doesn't. He, he, did, he had a good finish at Valspar, finished fifth, but the players was really his test. Uh, with the weather there, you remember the, the, uh, one wave got completely screwed, but you know, for how much the talking heads want to say he's, uh, you know, uh, a Seve or a Jack, um, in wind completely false. I mean, he got absolutely torn up at Sawgrass, absolutely destroyed. Um, so I think that's a group. That's a good look there led for your best bet. Um, and that's going to do it, uh, led great, uh, PGA championship pod here. Um, on RJ Bell's dream preview. Uh, Best of luck to everyone. um, And we'll see it next week. Yeah, doc, let's just throw our Twitters out there because I'm going to be posting a first round leader. My Twitter is at James Ledbetter. So stay tuned for that doc. Your Twitter is at DR media 59. Correct. Correct. Are you going to throw out a little wolf first round? Is that in the cards this week or no, no No chance. Wolf killed me last week. I'm done with him. (laughs) I'm done with him. <laughs> hey, maybe a little speed, little speed first round the cards there. Who knows? Yeah, I'm, I got to go look at these tea times. See who's teeing off at 6.40 a.m. or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it, Led. Okay, so Twitter's DRmedia59. Uh, you can find me. You find James at James Ledbetter. And we will see you next week here on the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's Dream Preview. See ya. See ya.